Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's get more perspective on all of this with our next guest. Elliot Sherparks does a tremendous job for us here at WIP, covering not just the Eagles, which we frequently talk to him about, but also the 76ers. Elliot brought to us by Colonial Hyundai. Today is the best day to buy a new car, Colonial Hyundai. 6500 for your trade, guaranteed, with rates as low as 0%. Shop them online, 24-7 at ColonialHyundai.com. Our, uh, our beat reporter, Elliot Shortparks. Good morning, Elliot. Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? Hey, pal. Doing well. Elliot, Elliot, let's start Sixers, then we'll get to the Eagles with you. What is your reaction to everything related to Joel in the last week, from the injury to the waiting process to the news that it's going to be surgery to just your perspective on where it heads from here. Joel Embiid, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I think a a positive is that he's getting the surgery, right? Like, obviously, you would prefer him to not be injured at all. And, you know, seeing him go go down against Golden State, you know, there was maybe the chance he was going to be out for the year. But I do think one of the worst things that happened over this last week was the idea that he might just rehab it, try to come back in a month, you know, kind of do the same thing he's always been doing. So, I do like, in a, in a weird way, that he's having the surgery because I feel like it gives better chance that, that for the playoffs he, he is he is rested and, and healthy. But I also think that there is still a chance he might be out for the year. Like, when they when they have this surgery, they're going to decide, it seems like, in that moment, you know, based off what they're seeing from the meniscus, whether this is going to be a six- to eight-week uh, process or whether this is potentially going to be a much longer one that would go into the, to the offseason. So, you know, if, if it is a six- to eight-week one, I would still have my skepticism that we're going to get full Joel for the playoffs. But if it's that four or five month one, then you, you know, you get really worried because he's somebody that uh, when he's been off his feet uh, and, you know, he, he's taken some time to get back. This would, I believe be the most serious injury of his, of his career, at least one of the longer rehabs. So, you know, obviously upsetting for the season, but I think you also have to think about Joel's long-term impact yeah. as well. How this surgery goes. You know, I wonder Elliot, as you're talking and John, you might have the best sense of anyone here. Does the doctor get to make that call in surgery on his own, or is that pre-discussed with the team and the player beforehand? You know, if I see X, I do this. If I see Y, I do this. And one of them could be that it makes it a more comprehensive surgery, but he's then out longer. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't know. Boy, that's, I, that's I, you know what I'm saying. I yeah, mean, there's a lot that goes because into that I mean, question. Elliot, to your point, I mean, Adrian Wojnarowski, literally, what he wrote. In the article, ESPN.com, Embiid is expected to miss an extended period, but a more precise timeline isn't expected until doctors complete the procedure. Which means yeah, they I got. Mean, which means they got to get in there and see how it looks, see what they got, see how it finishes, yeah. see how they 
deal when it's all said and done, but the general consensus is that it's likely that this will be successful. It's likely that this meniscus tear, that the, uh, the next step that they take is they shave that tear off and it's basically fixed as soon as the swelling all gets flushed out of there. It, it's less cushioned yeah. for the long haul, yeah. but in the here and now, it'll no longer be clunky for Joel. It'll no longer have little sporadic pains clicking and popping through. You know, it, it, it'll now feel solid. John, let me, ask you, let me ask you this question. So we're interviewing Ellie, but let me ask you a question. Is this a tear that they're not willing to say is a tear? Yeah, they said it's a tear. No, they didn't say it's a tear. Well, it's a flap of the meniscus yeah. that they have to shave off. The meniscus is torn. Elliot, if That's it's torn, why, it's why don't the Sixers just say he's got a damn tear? I mean, look, it's a great question, especially when they go into such uh, specifics on other injuries. Um, you know, they've been, I think, somewhat vague about the Joel thing. I mean, to, to John's point, it's a tear. Like, like, you know, the, the, the flap thing, like if you, I guess there is a level of specificity to that. But it's essentially a tear, and he's going to have surgery. But to what you, you were saying, I do, I do think it's one of the situations where, like, I don't think Daryl Morey's in the, in the surgery room with him being like, okay, do this. But I'm sure it is not up to the doctor in terms of what, what, the, what, the, um, like what he's going to do. I'm sure that they, they discuss all the options beforehand and that the team, obviously, yeah. and Joel – has some input on what they would do. Clearly, the doctor's input matters because he's the one that's going to be in there. He's the specialist and all that. But I can't imagine it's the doctor's decision. Like, he's just going to pop out of the room and be like, hey, guess what? Joel's out for five months. Right. Like, I'm sure they, they go over all these things. So, Elliot, another thing that intersects with this is that the trade deadline's Thursday. Now, we don't know if he's going to have this surgery today, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. All we know is we were told it's going to be this week. I would imagine they'd prefer to get it done before Thursday to get to ascertain how long the doctor thinks he'll be out. I never thought the Sixers were going to be in on a big trade this offseason or like or this season. I didn't think it was particularly likely, but I got to imagine it becomes now dramatically less likely that they make a big trade during this season. Do you agree with that? So I, I think the reason it's less likely they make a big trade is simply because a lot of the big names are off the board. Like if we talked a month ago, OG Ananobi was someone that was, you know, a potential trade option. He's on the Knicks. Zach Levine is something is someone that's been discussed for a long time. He now has season-ending surgery. So you look out there in terms of who would even qualify as a big move. There was some LeBron talk, but he said pretty emphatically, him and his agent, he's not being traded from Los Angeles. DeJounte Murray out of Atlanta, I still think he would make a lot of sense. But the reality is there's just maybe not many big moves to be made. But I also don't think that this Joel – uh, injury should impact the trade deadline whatsoever. Oh, like maybe, I disagree. Maybe uh, I, well, I obviously disagree with you on that, but, but I'm saying like, in what way? Like, there, well, why would I give up two or three first round draft picks to get a guy who might come here and not play with Embiid this spring? Like what's the, because you're giving, because you're giving two or three draft picks up for a player that is going to be a long-term part of this team. Like, of course you wouldn't give up a player for two or three draft picks if he's only going to be a rental, right? But, like, Deontay, Deontay Murray is under contract beyond this year. Let's say you were to trade for – let's just use LeBron, right, or, or Paul George from the Clippers. If you trade for Paul George from the Clippers, he's a free agent this offseason, but you would make that trade with the expectation you're going to resign that player. So, yeah, but, two reasons. Yeah, but, Elliot, how about, how about, how about you don't make the trade and you just sign the guy after Tobias is off the books, and I sign LeBron James as a free agent July 1st. 
and I get to keep so, my and I get to keep all my first round draft picks. So, so for two reasons: one, it's harder to sign someone than it is just to trade for him. Number one, like you can just acquire him right now as opposed to having to compete for him in the free agency market. But two, if they go out and they want to sign a free agent, that makes it harder with their own current free agents. And I'm not talking about Tobias because they're almost definitely not going to re-sign Tobias. But guys like Nicholas Batum, who I think has played really well. Uh, I believe Melton is a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Like, if you for the Sixers to re-sign their players and to give Maxi an extension, they can't go over the cap for another free agent. They have to essentially sign that guy first and then sign yeah. their own guy. Yeah. So it's easier to acquire that talent now. And I will also say, like, they can't punt on this season with Maxi on the roster. You can't just give up because he and just like let this team free fall. You have to get him help as well for the rest of the season. Elliot Shore Parks with us here again, covering the Sixers and the Eagles. Elliot, let's get to the birds because there's a lot to go to here. Let me start with this. And I've been posing this question to the audience all through the show. What is your reaction, Elliot, to the following three facts? Fact one, last year at this time, we're getting ready for a Super Bowl that most people thought the Eagles were going to win. Very convinced they were going to win. Fact two, now they're home, have been for weeks, and I'd say their hearts have been home for two months. And fact three, Kansas City and San Francisco are in this Super Bowl. What's your reaction to all that? My reaction is it's just disappointing how the Eagles handled success. And this isn't the first time we've seen it. 2017 to 2018, 2018 really was a disaster of a season until full saved it at the very end and they got lucky. 2004 to 2005, you know, obviously it was the T.O. thing, but that was a disappointing season. And this season, although it obviously got off to a great start, and I think there were probably more positives this year in some ways than those two seasons I just talked about, watching Kansas City go back to the Super Bowl really puts into perspective the poor job the Eagles did handling success this season. Because it wasn't like they were injury-riddled or anything like that. It just felt like they didn't handle it well. You look at the sideline, the things you hear about the locker room, like Sirianni at times, the things you hear about Jalen as a leader. It just feels like they dropped the ball this year. And I think that's the most disappointing thing because despite some of their issues on defense, they had a good enough team to beat this game. Like, like they, they, they were close. At least, at the very least, it, was, it should have been closer than it ended up being. So it's just disappointing the way they handled it. How important is Jalen's quarterback coach? And what's the word on this new guy, Doug Nussmeyer? Yeah, so he has a lot of experience with Kellen Moore. I think they've coached together for, for three or four years at this point. So uh, he's older than Kellen Moore, which I guess, you know, isn't hard to do considering Kellen Moore is pretty young for the job. But more experience, worked together for a long time. And, you know, it is interesting that Jalen is going to be surrounded by two new uh, new coaches this offseason. He's someone that's talked about before the, the benefits of continuity, and I don't think he's alone in that. I mean, continuity makes sense around the player. But I think that, you know, these two new guys coming in, like it's going to be a very different world for Jalen next season. I think that's a positive. Like I don't think Jalen, he certainly didn't uh, take a step forward last year. Uh, He definitely, I think, regressed. So I think he needed new coaching, and I think he needed kind of a a change there. So I think it'll be a positive to have two new guys around him. With uh, more established coordinators on offense and defense, guys with more experience, should we expect that they will be bringing in players that they like more often than what these younger coordinators did in the past? You know, Mm -hmm. previously they were sort of, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of experience. Now you got yeah. guys with experience. They probably have guys they like for their scheme. How do the Eagles navigate this? Yeah, it's, it's a great point because both Brian Johnson and Sean Desai really didn't have a track record. I mean, Brian Johnson only ever coached in the NFL with the Eagles. Um, Sean Desai coached with Chicago as a coordinator for one year. He was with Seattle for a few years. 
But, you know, they, they, they didn't really have guys that, that, that they had been with for a long time. Nicholas Moreau was someone that had been in Chicago. He was brought in last year. And if you look at uh, Kellen Moore and Fangio, I think they'll definitely target guys that they have experienced with. The question is, who can those guys be? If you look on the offensive side of the ball, you know, a name I wouldn't completely rule out is Austin Eckler. Um, if they're unable to, to get a deal done with Andre Swift or they feel they don't want to bring him back for whatever reason, Austin Eckler has worked with Kellen Moore for a year. Um, I think he can be a much, a much better pass catching back if that's something they want to add to the offense with Kellen Moore. And I think also he's been a great goal line back, and that could really help with Jalen and the tush pushes. So, but, Elliot, that so breaks the mold of what they spend on running backs. If, if, if you think he's going to get a big deal. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, he, he's older. He's, he's had injury concerns. You're right. They're not going to pay him a ton of money. But I do think if, you know, the market, I think, is yet to be seen on what, what he will cost. But the other one is Ezekiel Elliott. They, they apparently had interest last year. He coached. I mean, he played a lot of years in Dallas with Kellen Moore a good veteran backup. So those are yeah. two players I'm looking on the offensive side of the ball. Jeez. Man, Zeke Elliott. That, that's real. Think I got to be that. a no. Pass not, protector, short no. yardage guy. Not because he stinks, which he does, but because he was a cowboy. He was too much of a cowboy. I don't need that. Well, the one thing Richie just said there, I think it was probably under-discussed last year. The Eagles running backs were bad from a pass protection And he is a last. great pass protector. And he, yes. he's very good at yes. it. So when we talk about the blitz issues, like one, one of the many issues against the blitz was they had running backs that were not good against it. And so Ezekiel would be uh, an upgrade in that department yeah. at least. All right, Elliot, final thing here. We got today's Twitter poll question of the day. And it is brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Red tag bonus cash on every new Armin Chevrolet Equinox. It ends soon. Uh, find new roads to Armin Chevrolet. Visit ArminChevy.com. Today's question do you expect Joel Embiid to be fully healthy and able to play at his best in this year's playoffs? Yes or no? How would you vote on that one? Yeah, if I'm lucky enough to be doing this interview with you on your radio show as long as Joel's career is, I will always say no to that question. I mean, like at this point, I don't see how you can say yes. Like, you know, even if he was fully healthy today, I would say no. I guess you could make right. the argument because of the surgery, but no, you have to vote no in that. All right. Elliot, stay well, buddy. We'll talk to you perhaps later this week. Thanks, man. All right, sounds good. Sounds All right, good. Elliot Shore Parks. All right, coming up, Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers, the great Carl Weathers, obviously passing away a couple days ago. We will honor Apollo Creed slash Carl Weathers, who uh, gave us a lot of entertainment. Man, what a figure. So we'll get to that and more. Joe Camera and John. Carl Weathers was a great actor and more than just Rocky. We'll get to it all coming up, plus all your phone calls on 94 WIP. Hey, uh, obviously, as, as was alluded to there with Elliot, the Super Bowl is up ahead, coming up now in six days. And uh, Rob Gronkowski, Kick of Destiny 2. It is, uh, it is happening for FanDuel Sportsbook. Remember, if you remember last year, his Kick of Destiny, he, uh, he was wide left. Well, this time, another shot, and you've got a shot to win and win big by saying whether Gronk will make or miss the, the kick. Make or miss the kick with FanDuel.com slash hammer. That's FanDuel.com slash hammer. You can win a share of $10 million. That's right, $10 million. In bonus bet. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
it is Super Bowl week. I know it probably doesn't feel like it. And it's certainly not a game people are going to, like, get up for around here. It is going to be a good game. I will say that. It's certainly two of the three or four best teams this year in pro football. So it should be a good matchup. One that I expect uh, KC to win. But we'll get into that more as we move through the week. I know, John, you've been on the San Fran train. San Fran's going to win this because they're going to mash Kansas City. I, I love everything Kansas City's done Man, since December, whatever. It feels like since Thanksgiving or whatever, early December, they've turned it around. Maybe it was uh, after the, the Christmas. Oh, okay. Christmas, it, whatever. Yeah. A big part of why they're doing what they're doing is their defense has transformed. It's and excellent. It's, and it's spags. Yeah. And congratulations to him. But uh, the receivers. He's leading the way in the league. Well, I agree with you on that. The receivers also just started catching the ball. Well, you got a, a young a young receiver who's coming into his own, Rasheed Rice, who's yeah. actually legit, and uh, a bunch of guys who are just doing their jobs, and which is kind of what Andy had here, guys who yep. did their jobs well. Nothing spectacular. Cheap. Yeah. They got very, very, very cheap wide receivers. Yes, indeed. Which, by the way, we do have to note, like if they win a Super Bowl, it's going to be, again, with cheap wide receivers. and. You know, but my point is they're not going to win a Super Bowl because that defense, it's it's remarkable what Spags has done with yeah. little DBs. You know, he's putting lots of dime yep. personnel groupings out there, moving guys around. You can never be really sure where they're going to end up. But if San Francisco decides to just get heavy and add an extra lineman and some extra tight ends and just mash that with some goal line, you know, load schemes, power schemes, I think they can run the ball down we'll their throat. Look, it should be a good game. We'll get into that more, obviously, as we move through the weeks. You can weigh in on, on the week is everything we're talking about here today. Um, a lot on Embiid, uh, a lot on the Eagles as well, some Zach Wheeler stuff. Here's one more thing to throw into the equation. And, you know, James, every once in a while, you know, someone will be like, oh, DeCamera, you're a downer. So I could say something that's going to be a downer for everybody, or I could act like it doesn't exist. I feel I have an obligation to say what's a downer. In their last 30 games, the James Harden L.A. Clippers are 25-5. and five. So get ready as we move toward, you know, April and May eventually and June at some point for, you know, when it comes time for the playoffs in basketball, they could win it all. I mean, guys, I don't, I don't, I mean, believe me, hold on to the wheel tight, ladies and gentlemen. Don't drive off the road. But after that really brutal start that the Clippers had with Harden, they have gotten it together 25-5 and five in their last 30. So that does not put me in a better mood as a Philly sports fan. Let's go to the phones, 215-592-9494. All these topics on the table. Also, we'll pay tribute to the great Carl Weathers coming up here shortly. Let's get to Will in Northeast Philly. Hi, Will. Voltron, how y'all doing today? Doing well, Will. Oh, that's good. Um, I just wanted to say, um, like, for, like, with MB and, like, with Jalen, um, you know, I thought once you once you reach these three levels, and first you play hard to get the payday. After the payday, you get the championship. After the championship, you work for your legacy. I think they don't. I think everybody is so into this money thing that they forgot the real reason why we play the game. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think it's it's so much love for the money and so less love for the game now, man. And I, I believe that's what's like, kind of like messing up all sports. Well, give well. But, there's some, there's some of that. Give me an example. of What specifically is in your mind, though? I mean, I don't think that. 
applies to the Embiid situation right now. I mean, he was busting his butt to play, man. He was playing great, great, great basketball. But who right. who who do you have in mind when you bring up that? Because I'm not saying you're you're wrong on some fronts, but who who are you specifically talking about right now? I mean, um, it was kind of speculations that you know um, Embiid was you know kind of like doing that. Also, they were saying uh, since Jalen got paid, you know, he's not playing the same. But you know what I wanted to say. Um, you know, um, with, and like even with the coach, for far as with Embiid, sometimes we gotta the coaches gotta understand what's best for the player, what's best for the team, and you have to step in and start to, you know, actually let these guys know. Look, look, Embiid, look, we don't need you for this game. This game is really not important. We need you for the playoffs, the championship. I know you want to play, but guess what? We need you for the, the, the second half. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but well, well, I've been hearing that theory for years that maybe the Sixers should just wait till the playoffs to play them. I mean, first off, we don't even know if they'd make the playoffs if you had a whole year without MB. Let's start with that. Number two, I mean, at what point do you just cross over into the ridiculousness? Right. I mean, seriously, like, okay, could Michael, could Michael Jordan have won a championship if he just joined and played in April, May, and June? I guess. But, I mean, isn't there something to be said for entertainment? I mean, first off, the one year he actually tried to do that, you know, they, they got knocked out in the second round, obviously, when he came back right, from baseball. Right. He just started playing mid-March. But, um, I mean, you know, it's it's an entertainment product. I mean, you can't just say I'm sitting this guy out 60 games so he doesn't get hurt. You can't no, do that. No, 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 I'm not saying it's 60. I'm just saying certain games like that last Well, game they do that. Certain games, they do do that. I right. mean, the, the only question is how many should it be? Should it be five? Should it be 15? Should it right. be 25? Okay. Will, give me an answer, man. Who or what is versatile? You can win these Green Day tickets. Okay, listen. I, we should be in a, in a uh, first place uh, tie or whatever. Yeah, hey, we, we, got, we, get, we use them to reproduce, but every sport uses them also. Balls. <laughs> so, all right, James, I need first off to know, did what he say make the air? Yeah, I think it's okay. I right? think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Okay, the second thing is he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's <laughs> uh, a good answer, man. He's not wrong. All right, so let's talk about the things. Very good answer. John, let's talk about the things balls do in the world. So, what do you got? You got rings wow. in the new year. I mean, that's very rings matter in the of new fact. Year. You got you got many many different sports things use balls. There's all sorts of machinery that use balls bearings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay. balls. Ball yep. bearings. These days. That's what I'm talking about. Um, what else uses balls? Hmm. <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I'm open minded. I mean, there's the the you gotta have them to to you know do something. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that was the implication earlier. Metaphorical, I'm saying. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. So, all right. Balls is a pretty good answer for versatile. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. It's not bad. Good job, Will. All right. So let me tell you who was more than not bad. He was exceptional. That's the great Carl Weathers, who passed away. Chris, we saw the news. I think it was on Friday, if I remember, or Saturday, whichever day it was. Um, just a, a heavyweight to use a, a you know a boxing term, uh, but more than just Rocky. I mean, you know, action, action, Jackson, uh, Jackson, uh, John. You had the, uh, the Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was great in that. Is what Chubb? Chubbs. 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 Exactly. Chubbs. Yeah, Chubbs. And this was a little surprising because we have seen him now recently with the Gronk thing, uh, the the kick thing mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like the the Chubbs coach guy. For that whole thing, yeah, so, it's it's a, it's um, I mean, mm. it's certainly for us, it came out of nowhere. We just recently have seen him. Yeah, I of, know. Like 
keeping tabs on them. I know. Yeah. Seltzer, you never did get him on the show. part of my life. I knew that was coming. This is yeah. the second person yeah. I've had on the list to try to get on the show that James oh. has not been able to get. Who's I knew. Now I almost. I, I knew this was going to happen. You can't ever fix I, that. Yeah. Kirstie Alley has died, and now so is Carl We're Weathers. To, to honor Carl Weathers' memory, and you find a way to, to take a shot. Well, at of me. course, That's I find a way to take a shot at you. But really, what I want to do is honor Carl Weathers because, look, the the main thing we know him for, obviously, is Apollo Creed, one of the great adversaries of all time, one of the great characters of all time. Uh, sort of like Darth Vader. There's a there's a turn at a certain point where now he's a good guy. Not that, let me be clear, not that Apollo was a bad guy in Rocky One. He was just the adversary to Rocky. He was an sure. incredible adversary, and he was in the mold of Muhammad Ali back then. If you remember the story of Rocky, Stallone sees the the fight when Chuck Wepner fights Ali, and so then Rocky, uh, Stallone conceives this idea of Rocky, and, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, we all know Carl Weathers is playing an Apollo-like sort of character with this, you know, tremendous personality, tremendous vocabulary, tremendous articulation. I mean... Uh, entertainment, just all the stuff that Apollo Creed represented, the master of disaster. Um, so a little tribute here, because l- let's go through the evolution of Apollo as a character in the Rocky saga. And, of course, it was four movies for Apollo Creed, for Carl Weathers. Let's start in Rocky One. This is when you first started kind of get to, to know who's this Apollo Creed guy. He and Rocky are announcing the fight, and they, they have this exchange uh, during the announcement. Apollo, how do you like the city of brotherly love? Well, just being in Philadelphia makes me feel patriotic. Beautiful people in a beautiful city coming up to me on the street wishing me the best. I love my Philadelphia brothers and I'm proud to be an American. Apollo, Apollo champ, Apollo, yeah. why did you agree to fight a man who has virtually no chance of winning? Look, if history proves one thing, American history proves that everybody's got a chance to win. And you guys over here, Valley Forge or Bunker Hill? Uh-huh. He's, just a, he's a great character. He's just a great. And then, of course, you know, you, you find out in Rocky II the struggle of the now, you know, still champ, but he's struggling with the fact that he barely beat Rock, and you get the concept of an athlete receiving hate mail. Marianne, Marianne, listen to this. You didn't beat nobody, and anybody who knows boxing knows the fight was fixed. This one came from London. You call yourself the champ, you're a fake. The fight was a fake. Go kill yourself. Wouldn't you rather play with the children than read hate mail? How much did you get to carry that bum for 15 rounds? You're a disgrace to your people. Why can't you ignore it? Are you serious? Tonight throws the piece. Now, so now he's starting to become a sympathetic figure. I mean, well, now- that's a bad job by his wife there. <laughs> Why can't you ignore it? That really a- bad acting, isn't well, it? I mean, I it sounds bad. I don't know. I thought you know, I didn't remember it being. She so got bad. replaced by Felicia Rashad when Creed got made. Yeah, you're she right. was out. Well, she Felicia died. Rashad. Oh, did she die? Yeah, it's because oh. she died. Oh. Yeah. So. But then there you go. Yes. Oh, All man. right, so let's get now to so now he becomes take it back. sort of a sympathetic character to a certain extent. And of course, when Rock beats him, you know he congratulates Rock. Um, but really, Rocky Three is where the full evolution of Apollo is on display because you know Rock is down after losing to Clubber Lang, and it's Apollo who steps in in the absence of Mick, and it's Apollo who helps Rocky with one very specific thing. I know your manager dying had you all messed up inside, but the truth is, you didn't look hungry. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge, and now you gotta get it back, and the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe we could win it back together. Eye of the tiger.
He really is one of the more complex and fascinating characters. And, of course, as played by Carl, I don't want to lose sight of the Carl Weathers thing. This isn't all just about Apollo Creed. But it's about how Carl Weathers brought forth Apollo oh Creed. Gosh. Phenomenal he at was, it. Okay, phenomenal. He was truly an athlete. Like, we know that That's right. he was an actual athlete. He played two years for the Los Angeles Raiders. He was a special teams guy, a yep. linebacker. He could actually run. You know, a lot of times you see you see movies and, and it it, oh, it insults our intelligence as sports fans that we're supposed to actually believe that that's an athlete. Well, the ultimate like, example is really? Wesley Snipes and White Man Can't Jump. Oh, that one hundred percent. Couldn't play basketball. It was the most Great ridiculous point. looking thing I've ever yeah, seen. It was horrendous. Yes. Great. Horrendous. Absolutely. And then, of course, the final. This guy could run. This I, guy could I, move. I, I, and by the way, I feel like his his coaching, his teaching has lodged into my brain. Like, I, I swear to you, like, this, the, the eye of the tiger is real, man. I know. The eye of the tiger came into my life as a young athlete sure. in, like, third grade or second grade, whatever it was, and I believed I had to have that. You know, like, there is no tomorrow, Rock. Like, yes, Apollo Creed, <laughs> Carl Weathers, trained me as an athlete. I swear to you, I believed in what he preached. That's great. Well, I'll say this. So my brothers, when they would come home from college or thereafter, they always used to, and they they weren't like make fun of me, guys. They, it wasn't like that, but not in a mean way. Let me put it this way. Not in a mean way. But they would say, John, that I had lost the eye of the tiger. Because, you know, when we were all younger, you know, they, they say I was, I don't know, like they thought I was kind of tough in the beginning. And then when, no, in, in the end, it was just me and my mom and my sister, <laughs> me and my mom and my sister, they they would come home from college incredibly disappointed. Like, what happened to you, man? Mm. You know, like they didn't they're think, just, they're, there wasn't they're enough. messing with you. They were messing with me. All right. Messing with so you big time. One more, one more with Carl Weathers, because then in Rocky Four, and it ends horrible for, you know, Apollo Creed, as we know. But um, we actually get to the point, I mean, it's full-fledged, full-fledged. The audience is rooting for Apollo. I had to teach this young fellow to box. <laughs> American style. Isn't <laughs> Drago a little inexperienced to be in the same ring? Yeah. Well, you know, some folks got to learn the hard way. No <laughs> <laughs> quick knockout prediction. No, no, no. I'm not angry with him. See, I just want to show the whole world that Russia doesn't have all the best athletes. <laughs> just, a, just an awesome character. And by the way, to bring it to, you know, off of specifically Apollo and to like the actual Carl Weathers. Let's listen to Stallone, then we'll get right back to the phones, because Stallone paid great tribute, great tribute to Carl Weathers over the weekend and focused, uh, it was was longer here, but here's a portion on Carl Weathers' role in Stallone's life, obviously within those movies. I never could have accomplished what we did with Rocky without him. He was absolutely brilliant. His voice, his size, his power, his athletic ability, but more importantly, his heart, his soul. It's, it, it's a horrible loss. And I'm standing here in front of this painting because it was probably the last moment we were ever in the ring together and I'll never forget it. He was magic. And I was so fortunate to be part of his life. So, Apollo, keep punching. All right, there it is. So God bless the great Carl Weathers, who, who brought us a lot of joy, obviously, in that movie franchise in particular, but also some others as well. All right, let's go to the phones, 215-592-9494. And by the way, now only two of the five main characters from Rocky are alive because Burt Young has died, Burgess Meredith has died, Carl Weathers. We're now down to Stallone and Talia Shire as the the main five characters. All right, 
Shannon's with us right now. Good morning, Shannon. Hey, good morning. Hi, Shannon. First, first time caller here. Thank you. Uh, welcome aboard. Thank you. So I know we were talking about the Pro Bowl, and I, I know we don't really put a lot of emphasis on it. Um, yeah, I put I put what they call um, zero emphasis. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but I got to say, it was nice to see Jalen smiling yesterday. Sure was. Um, Having fun playing my, sports out there absolutely. with his guys. Yeah. I mean, he was throwing some bombs to CeeDee Lamb there. So Yeah. He's pretty um, but good. But my question for you is, is, do you think that it's ironic that the day that Jalen got elevated, that uh, A.J. Brown dropped out? Knocked out of what? The Pro Bowl well, games? Well, he, he dropped out of the Pro Bowl citing, you know, his injury. Oh. He wasn't I, I didn't even know that. Um, I know nothing about it. John, what's uh, – what? I hadn't thought about that, Shannon. I don't know. So you're saying it was oh, – so, Shannon, you're, just yeah. make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying – because I didn't know any of this. When, when San Francisco advanced to the Super Bowl and Brock Purdy, therefore, was not going to be eligible for the Pro Bowl games, that made Hurts automatically eligible because he was the first alternate. Are you saying yeah. the same day – is the day A.J. Brown said, I'm not going to go to those Pro Bowl games? Yeah, I mean, according to what I was reading, it, everything, it was Tuesday for both incidences. Well, it won't be Tuesday for, for Hurts. I mean, to be clear, when the, when the 49ers won a championship game on a Sunday, Jalen Hurts knew Sunday night of that week he was going to the Pro Bowl. I mean, because that was automatic. He was next guy up. Uh, I don't That's know. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I hear your conspiracy theory. I don't know if there's something to it or not. I have no idea. Well, I don't want it to be a conspiracy theory. They did happen, I, for what it's worth, they did happen on the same day. She is right about that. It is Tuesday. That well, no, but, it, were announced. but, it, but I mean, the Hurts thing, Sunday's an automatic conversion. It might not have been announced he, until Tuesday. Yeah, he might not have known it was him until Tuesday, though, either. Like, that's possible. Either way, the that's, point is, is they did happen on the same day. Right. Shannon, give me something versatile. Who or what is versatile? Money. Um, I don't know about that. Would I uh, say money's versatile? Not really. Yeah, it sure. Did. As a gift, its purpose. As a gift, but... it's a very versatile gift. Yeah, but well, no, what, do whatever you want. Okay, you can you can buy something with it. You can gift it. What else does it do? No, I'm saying if you're thinking of something to give someone, if you give them money, no, well, that's then not... it allows them to get anything. And nah. in, 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 in that way, it's a very versatile. Well, then gift. say gift giving. Yeah, money's just money. I mean, that's 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 what I say. All right, let's get. Oh, by the way, this, so the Embiid thing. If you're just waking up and joining the program here, it was last night the 76ers announced. I'll read right from their statement. Sixers statement last night. Joel Embiid will have a corrective procedure this week to address an injury to the lateral meniscus in his left knee. An update will be provided following the procedure. There was also an article from ESPN.com and reporting by Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, who wrote the following on ESPN. He wrote uh, ESPN.com. He wrote, Joel Embiid will undergo a a procedure to address blah, 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 the left meniscus, blah, blah. Um, The door isn't closed on a return this season, sources told ESPN. Embiid is expected to miss an extended period, but a more precise timeline isn't expected until doctors complete the procedure, sources said. The idea of the door isn't closed, I don't love that. Meaning, I mean, I'm glad to know it's possible you can come back, but it's also, to me, there's a a certain degree of pessimism or... I, wait, you want to hear the Sixers mean? are confident Joel Embiid will play again this season Correct. or something and like that. And that's not what was said. Yeah, what was not said is he'll be back in six to eight weeks and he'll be ready for the postseason, which, by the way, begins in about ten weeks. 
So that was, to me, a notable omission that it wasn't, you know, credit. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a positive statement that they included that. Well, I just, I, the whole thing makes me sick. I'm so tired of it so much. And I feel bad for Joel. I mean, he was balling out, man. I mean, he was uh, another use of, of balling, he, by the way. He put the work a in. ball. You're yeah. right. <laughs> he was balling out. Continues to put the work in and continues to be injured. Every it's unbelievable. Season. But this injury happened earlier. This injury I know, I know. that I, I believe will be better. Like once they shave it down and they get the swelling out, his knee will feel good as new in whatever that is a month. Here's the, but here's the here's the flip side. So maybe, John, the flip side, though, is no, other, there's no maybe on that. Once John, you don't knee, know that he's going to be ready to play in six weeks. You're right. But I know that when the swelling is out of that knee, what they're doing, shaving it down, yep. like I, I, I believe he will feel like he's fixed. When he's playing again, he will not have lingering effects this season. Well, I hope you're right. I tend to think there will be effects, even if it's a in sh- whether you're in shape. Is there a resi- I mean, I know you're. Look, so- they know. They know the goal. They know what they have to do. See- they have to get them through this period. Yeah. They have to get this team through this period, so they're still on pace to get to the postseason. And they need to have Joel hit the ground running when he's ready. Are you saying that when he plays, you would expect him to have no pain? Yes, no pain. They are fixing the pain part. I hope you're right. I do. Uh, let's go to the phones. Let's get to Bishop right now. Calling from Lansdale. Hi, Bishop. How you guys doing today? Doing well, Bishop. Good. Um, first thing I want to say, Joe, playing the game of risk makes you a man. Thank you, sir. I, I was in the Army for 12 years, and all we did when we were overseas was to play risk. That's all we did. It is such a great board game. I feel like game. being in the Army made you a man <laughs> a lot more than playing risk did, Bishop. Well, I, well, I understand that, but risk is a man's game. It is. Well, I think the f- my, fema- it's also females can play it as well. Game. It's also a child's game. <laughs> but I would say also, more, um, more men probably play risk than females, if I had to guess. Well, what are you I talking mean, about? We used, to have, we used to have games that would last for days on days. It, it's an awesome game. It's a great yeah. game. Um, yeah. Also, um, this whole Joel and B thing, uh, the trade deadline is going to tell me a lot about what the Sixers think of this injury. If they go out and make a big move, I believe yeah. that they believe that he will come back by the end of the year. I agree with that. Play, I agree with that. I will say this, though, Bishop. Not making a move doesn't necessarily mean that they think he won't come back. Right. It may be that just – Just means that maybe they couldn't find the right move. Exactly. Make. But I definitely well, agree it, with your point, Bishop. If they make a big move, it means they're confident he'll be back and be great. I believe if they don't make a big move, I think they could shut him down for the year because what's the point of risking anything else with him? Let him take the whole this season and the off season to really get better. I mean, I've had the same injury, you know, and, you know, granted, I'm not an NBA player. But I've had the same. It kept me out of the big, the big thirty-three in high school because of that same injury. How long but, um, were you out? Um, the, I got my surgery four weeks before the big thirty-three game, yep. but I didn't play because of that. So it was probably about three more weeks later was when I was able to really start to run and 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 all, and all that okay. stuff after right. that. And that so was now, when you were a high schooler, correct? Yeah, but back in '96, so. That, know, that medicine, pacing has changed a lot since. Yep. That pacing feels like a high school, you know, like a high school athletic pacing. 
You know, yeah, well, you're also what, as you advance through the the levels of competition, right. you know, it gets it gets more competitive at the college level. They are more, yeah. you know, fastidious about the way they treat things at the college level. Gets more competitive at the pro level. Sure. They are a lot more fastidious with the way they treat and things. And Bishop, at, and I mean level. this as no offense at all to the guy that did your knee. Chances are Joel Embiid's going to see, you know, more of a world-renowned specialist than whoever did your well, knee. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. All right, Bishop, give me give me a big time answer, man, for Green Day tickets. Who or what is versatile? Yeah, who's versatile? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Well, yeah, he did a lot of did a lot of different roles. There's no doubt about that. All right, let's get to Mike. Mike, you're on WIP. Hey guys, uh, I was calling to talk a little Eagles. Uh, like like Joe, I'm really ticked off about this. There's no reason we should be sitting home, and, and certainly shouldn't have been sent home when we were yep. or in the manner that we were. Yep. Uh, to me, it, it, there's a couple key dimensions of leadership that I would say, because there was just a perfect storm. A lot of things didn't go our way. But, you know, Jalen, and I think John talked about this earlier, his whole thing, you know, the standard is the standard. I'm the level-headed, you know, kind of uh, guy. I don't get too up or too down, and, and I never sort of celebrate. That he, I think he overplays that for one. But it, to me, it looks like the stoic warrior when you win. But I think it's a terrible look when you lose because you look grumpy. You don't look like a strong leader. You don't look Mm -hmm. confident. So I I think that was a big dimension. But I think the bigger, far bigger one, if I had to put my finger on one thing, it's executive leadership, and that's Nick. Because, we, you know, forget the the play call. It was bad. It wasn't working. Things weren't – no one was really coaching Jalen. I don't know how you could do the the failure to read the blitz – in, in three or four really key weeks and just not see anything different. And so what coordinators were good, what coordinators were bad to me, the executive leadership. So it, it sort of troubles me that he's back now with stronger coordinators. Maybe he can be more of a CEO. Maybe he can inject where he is in fact going to be good and, and add, I, I do think Kellen Moore and the new quarterbacks coach will be very good for Jalen regardless. I don't think, I mean, I, when I hear, I love Ray, so when I hear Ray say he's a little concerned, you know, yeah. I, I, you got to think twice about it. But I do have confidence that with the right coaching, the right leadership back in place, they, they, they're not that far away well, from getting this thing back on track. And, Mike, one thing to be clear, you know, that Ray audio we played earlier, uh, we did not play something we had played on Friday from when he was joined us last week. He was very clear in great detail that he believed the Eagles coaches did a really poor job, you know, yes. particularly in the offensive side from a scheme standpoint. And that, you know, that that ties into Jalen's issues. So, um, you know, it's, it's worth obviously pointing that out. Mike, give me it, an answer it, here, man. To me it, it, sorry, Joe, one yeah. quick thing. Just not just scheme, but train wreck. Bad tackling, bad execution, bad body language, AJ on the sideline, just all around. But anyway, sorry, Joe. And including uh, for, maybe, they should, maybe they should have benched Bradbury. I mean, people started calling for that around mid-December or so. They said yep. enough. Yep. And – you know, like nobody could have played worse than he did in that playoff game. Nobody. I mean, you, you could have taken yeah. a guy off the practice squad. He couldn't have played worse. Mike, who or what is versatile? Well, he'd also win, I think, if it's uh, the question was who or what is durable. But for versatile, I think Chuck Bednarik. I mean, you, you don't, he was, you know, a 60 minute guy. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem with that is it's two things in football. It's offense, defense, and but also it encompasses it's, it's also much. other it's people did it too at the time. Like it wasn't like he was the only guy who did it back. Then. I think he's the last. He was the last one. It. He was the last. Yes. But still, you know, it was something that was done. Yes, smaller rosters. Oh. <laughs> you guys are a little harsh, don't you think? Oh, Eric, 
<laughs> you're yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking down your nose at this. A By little the way, bit, the 60, I mean, don't get me wrong. I couldn't do it. Sixty minutes. <laughs> sixty minute oh, yeah, man. No kidding, Seltzer. I mean, I think we should be referring to it as like fifty-eight and a half minutes because my understanding is he did not play special teams. That it's a great, day. great take. I love this. <laughs> Yes. You are 59, awful. 59 minutes and 13 Soft, seconds. Soft, if you ask me. <laughs> right, just kidding, everybody. Everybody 85 and up. Don't come storming my house today. I don't need that. I'm just joking. Let's get to Riley right now. Riley, you're on WIP. Hey, how you doing? Thanks What's for up, taking Riley? the call. What's up, buddy? Hey, I know we were talking about Carl Weathers, but I don't know if anyone's taking a look at his, San Diego, his time at San Diego State. And the Hall of Fame head coach, Don Coriel, not to mention in that coaching tree within those few years between, you know, 64 to 69, when Carl was there, you look at John Madden was there and Joe Gibbs. Wow. I didn't know that. I knew Gibbs and Madden overlapped because I know that in a football life with Joe Gibbs, he is not exactly complimentary of his experience with John Madden, which was notable to me. How so? Yeah, uh, he he felt him, like so. John Madden did him dirty. I don't remember the exact hmm. thing, but there's there's something there where Gibbs and Madden were not on the same page. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. No, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Boy, I mean, I Madden, Madden was Madden was older, so he was a little bit more senior. And something I don't remember the specifics, but I remember watching that and like, wow, Joe Gibbs is definitely not giving love to John Madden. Did I ever tell you about the time John Madden reprimanded me? No, I got to hear that. Hold on one sec, John. Riley, give me an answer. Who or what is versatile? In in football? In any world, any way, you can win Green Day tickets. Like, like Scotty Pippen, versatile. Give me something versatile. I, I think you got to look at athletes who have competed at the highest level in multiple sports like Dion and Bo Jackson. All right, I'll take the first that you said because we're looking for one, Deion Sanders. I mean, I guess in theory you could say athletes in multiple sports, but what am I writing down? Athletes in multiple sports or Deion Sanders? I guess he can take a whole category. Sure. So he gets Jim Thorpe also? Sure. Give it to him. Well, now now the guy might win. That is a winning answer. Athletes that play multiple sports. So he gets Sanders, Bo Jackson, and Thorpe. (laughs) All right. And I guess he gets who was that other defensive Jim, Brian back? Jordan? Was remember Brian Jordan. Brian Jordan? Yeah, Brian Jordan. Jim Thorpe was a lot bigger than I thought. You know, the other day we were talking about Jim. Uh, yep, six two, two hundred and two, two hundred and five pounds. Yeah, small by today's standards. Back then, though, that's yeah, back, pretty big. Back then, this guy also gets Kofax. for a skill guy. He gets six two, two hundred and five pounds. Well, that was the skill yeah. guy back then. I hear you. Turn of the century. That's are you talking about Thorpe? Jim Thorpe. I thought yeah. you were saying Jim Brown. No. Oh yeah, Thorpe. A hundred years ago, that's on the bigger side. Absolutely. Where did Jim Brown come from? Yeah, out of I never, nowhere. I thought I thought he said Jim Brown. I think you did say Jim Brown. I did not. I no? think he said Thorpe. Okay. I, I, maybe, <laughs> maybe I misheard. All right. So he also gets Kofax because he he played college basketball. Who else he got? He gets a. Uh, I mean, Tom Glavin almost played in the NHL. Tom Glavin drafted by three teams. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was Kyler Murray was drafted in the first round of the baseball. Kyler draft. Murray, Ricky Williams, who was a Philly. Yeah, Russell Wilson was drafted. In the Russell Wilson. Draft. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, all right, John. John Madden taking you to task. Sir, the floor is yours. Uh, this will make me very happy. Yeah. he. Um, I, I was sitting. We were invited. The former Raiders were invited to celebrate Mr. Davis's birthday in Las Vegas. This was before they moved back to Las Vegas. Okay. This was a posthumous celebration of Mr. Davis's birthday in Las Vegas. This was after I retired. 
Was and this an annual or like no, a big number? No, this was a one-time thing after Mr. Davis passed away. Right. It was, hey, we're just going to yeah. celebrate his life. Some people call him Al, by the Bring way. Bring a whole bunch of people so back. So funny, he still calls him Mr. Davis. <laughs> I was sitting there uh, in Las Vegas with uh, Rich Gannon yep. and John Madden yep. at a table. We were discussing the Super Bowl, and we were discussing the fact, uh, I, the chagrin. I was discussing my chagrin that uh, Derek Brooks, the linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I swear I thought I heard him say, red right, 24-wide bingo cross, which is the play, the play that we're running. Because you were using the same playbook like as he's the prior using the same year, terminology. same terminology. Yeah, like, Gr- Gruden had left, that whole thing. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. referring to our play that we're about to run with the terminology that right. we're using. I thought it was so crazy. Uh, I thought it was so unfortunate, and that's why we lost the game very clearly. And John Madden reprimanded me and said, John, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they knew the plays 60 times in a row. You line up and you do your job, and it, and they won't stop you. He's wrong. John Madden. He's, I love John Madden. He's wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's like saying to a hitter, it's like saying to a pitcher in baseball, doesn't know if the hitter knows it's a fastball or curveball. Okay. It does matter. Uh, here's the thing. Like we, we, ran, we ran one short yardage and goal line play that they knew was coming every time, and it was stopped like one time. Look, John Madden wasn't wrong about much, but he was wrong on that one. I mean, he just was. So you're going over John Madden's I'm, head. I'm sided with you're John. You're saying as football as it pertains to football, you know more than than John Madden. I'm does. saying in this case, John Ritchie and Joe DeCamera both. In I think he's. I case. think he has a good point, man. Yeah, if you if if they know what you're doing, it shouldn't matter. Well, if then, you do it right. Yeah. Why doesn't every team then tell every uh, other team what they're going to do every before every play? 